0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 44, Customizing Your Desktop, recorded March 18th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com This week, we're going to talk about how to customize your desktop, or can you customize your desktop, or should you customize your desktop using Linux. Um and hopefully we'll uh, have answers to all of those questions before this is all over. But first off, I want to welcome back for, after like two months, the Gooey Kid, Mister Seth Anderson. Welcome back, brother! Woo-hoo! Hey, great to be back. Good to have Hello, you everyone.
1: back. Everyone, yes. And the Gooey people everywhere rejoiced. Of course, after
0: and two months, GUI. After two months, he cont- contributed nothing to the show notes and didn't bring any any, any Linux news. So uh, it's almost like he wasn't here. He yeah, has uh, a Gooey tech though. <laughs> it's funny i emailed him uh, well, asking if he was going to be able to be on the show I've, I've been contacting him you know periodically and the email i got back was kind of like oh, okay i guess i can be on the show if i have to
2: <laughs> well i had to make sure dad could do the um to do my mom's wound care thing so
0: i think you was just gotten used to not doing the show and you're like oh, "Crap, i gotta give him my sunday again <laughs> so how, yeah how, I-
3: how is your mom doing seth how's she
2: feeling Uh, She's doing a lot better. She's up and around, and she got the port out of her chest, so we don't have to do the IV thing anymore. Awesome.
1: That's good.
0: And also with us, back after being gone last week uh, due to the Terrors of Home Uh, Owners Association, Mr. Chris Neves. Welcome back, Chris.
1: Welcome, welcome. So, does my head look like it's going to explode from all the stuff I got shoved (laughs) in it?
0: So is, I, I told everybody last week that you had to do that because the homeowners association you're moving into requires it. Did I get that right?
1: No. No. no okay. What it is is wrong. it's a first-time homeowners class, and it's for uh, if you want to get a better rate on your okay. um, your loan or if if you're closing, oh, what was it? Your down payment assistance, you need to have that class, whatever.
0: So it's a profit
3: deal. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs>
3: it's,
0: a, it's a government
3: flim-flam.
0: And the flim-flammer in chief up there is Mr. Aaron Butler. the the wh- Who are you, Newbin residents? <laughs> Welcome, Aaron. Yes. Greetings, everyone. All right, I'm we've already had a here. we've already had a raucous show, and we're not three minutes in, so uh, uh it's been a, a row a, a hearty, rousing pre-show discussion.
3: Well, I went so, straight from faux painting on antique furniture to this, so my night is full of excitement.
0: Is it faux antique furniture or real antique furniture? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
3: It's real old <laughs> fake furniture.
2: Yes. Sorry. It's
3: Sorry. my wife's grandmother's 1960s uh, hutch and china cabinet that was not real expensive furniture when it was bought in 1960. Right. And it's still not real expensive furniture, but it was free and it's an heirloom. So we're attempting to give it some panache.
0: I had, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show, but we bought some new furniture a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And uh, it's because literally the last piece of living room furniture that wasn't broken. Broke, so it was time. I mean, we, we we were going to be sitting on bar stools before long, so we had to do something.
3: Mark and Seth, I don't know if you remember my uh, the furniture, the Broyhill furniture that I brought to the abode in in Commerce. That betwixt the three of us, we managed to <laughs> turn into kindling over yeah. the course of a couple of years. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, I love that. that ottoman and chair though. Man, that was an awesome chair. They yeah, were.
0: Th- there were four very large men who inhabited that home and and inhabited that chair.
3: Yeah, the chair finally gave up the ghost uh, about a year into it where I think I don't know if it was you, Mark, or me that sat down in it and just went to the back. Uh, and then the couch actually survived into my married life. And finally, it just literally fell apart like, See, I, at the scene.
0: I had the most comfortable couch Ever, it was gorgeous. And I'm a I'm a tall guy, so this was important. It was seven and a half feet long, so I could stretch out and fold my arms and and be comfortable. And it was wonderfully comfortable. We called it the couch of death because as soon as you sat in it, you fell asleep, and it was just like the the couch was sucking the life out of you. It was ridiculously comfortable. It was also
3: most comfortable chair. It was also
0: very very ugly. And so the first thing that happened when I got married was the couch went to the garage and we got a new one. And I'd still, all these years later, I bring that up to my wife. You made me give up the most comfortable couch in the world.
3: It reminds me of that episode of The Tick where yes. they have the world's most comfortable chair and he's he's trapped and he's trying to break right. it through. He's like, man, hide
0: this stuff is tougher than leather. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so comfortable.
0: The Tick was a great show. it was was. so uh this week for me was spring break how about you chris
1: no we don't really technically get a spring break we don't have
0: spring (laughs) we
1: we go well this year we didn't we went from fall to more fall to more fall to a sprinkling of snow to now spring yeah
0: we we pretty much had an extended fall and now it's summer it's already in the mid 80s uh here so uh uh, But we had spring break, and, and I can tell you, I'm ready to go back to work tomorrow because I'm tired. I've been keeping up with three kids, and we've been going, and we went to the zoo, and we went to the mall. And my, my youngest, you parents out there will know what a big deal this is. It's finally finished with diapers. So we've changed oh. our last diaper after 11 years almost of changing diapers constantly. We're finally out of diapers completely. So uh, the tradition that we have is we go to Build-A-Bear, and we let them get a super expensive teddy bear. Uh, and so that was a day because the nearest Build-A-Bear is like two hours away. So it was a, a whole big day trip there. And we got the bear and we went out to eat and do all that. And then we came back. And then the next day we went to the zoo and spent all day there and came back. And, and we were just running kind of the whole, whole time. And, and we got up this morning to go to church. And the kids were like, do we have to go to church? We're tired. <laughs> so they'll be ready to go back to school tomorrow. Well, actually, they don't. They don't want to go back to school, but they'll be happy to get back to a regular routine.
2: Yeah, regular routines are good.
0: And Seth, you have a new job. You want to talk about that any at all?
2: Oh, ah, uh, uh, no, not really. It's okay, just a level one tech support. So,
0: all right. So just uh, I work. Yeah, it's just a J-O-B. Yeah, Is it for a, a job. school system.
2: No, I'm, I'm back in the private sector. So,
1: uh, works work, man.
0: So, uh, I, I want to mention maybe somebody out there has had this problem or can help me with it. My Nexus S, which is not that old, less than a year old, um, the, the internal mic on it no longer works. It just stopped working. Um, called my brother-in-law yesterday and was like, hello, can you hear me? Hello. And hung up, said his phone's not working. (laughs) Because naturally, couldn't have been mine. Um, and then I called my wife and said, can you hear me? And she said, not over the phone. So it works with a Bluetooth headset or if I plug in a headset. But the internal mic doesn't work on a regular phone or on a speaker phone. <laughs> and, I, and I can't find well, any evidence of this being a common problem or anything. So I called. I went to Samsung. Now, it's a Samsung Nexus S. I bought it from Best Buy back last spring. They were having a get one for a penny deal. Uh, And so my wife and I both got that same phone. Um, And so it's less than a year old should still be under some sort of warranty. So I contacted Samsung and uh, uh, got their level one idiot. Uh, And (laughs) yeah, no offense. Seth. Uh, You're paid to be an idiot. That's your only job, right? Yeah, no, my job is to,
2: um, I'm sorry, if that didn't fix it, we're going to have to reimage your machine.
0: There you go. Nice.
2: <laughs> that's my, uh, that's our department standard response. Or if it's out of warranty, we'll get you a new one. Those,
0: uh, that's it. So anyway, I called them and they asked for the model number, which I literally had to get a magnifying glass to remo- to read. It was under the battery, com- uh, under the battery itself on this tiny, tiny little label. And I read it to them and they said, sorry, that's not a U.S. model number. And I'm only trained to work with U.S. phones. You'll have to go back to the country in which you bought it. I bought it what? from Best Buy in the you U.S. It in Texas, though. Yeah, exactly, the <laughs> Republic of Texas. Um, and then the, the text said, "I'm, I'm sorry, uh, you're going to have to go back to the to the uh, country you bought it from. I can't talk to you." And and hung up, and that was that. So I was like, what? the wow. So then I, I called Best Buy, and they were like, um, "Do you have our assurance warranty plan?" Uh, I said, "No." said, well, then you're going to have to call Samsung because it's not our problem. Thank you wow. so much. Uh, well, so if you just
3: switch the SIM cards out between your phone and your wife's phone, that solves your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see if your are Just wife's kidding,
2: is, Barbie. Just kidding. Model
0: yeah, I I, I might Maybe try that. But, that but still, I'm going to have to send it back at some point, and they're going to look at that model number. But her phone uh, has recently um, getting to the point where it only go about three or four hours, literally like four hours on a charge. Uh, Mm -mm. and she has to keep it plugged in all day and just idling. Like you can sit it on the desk with the screen off and no apps running. Um, and we even went back to a totally factory default where she had none of the apps that she'd put on it and done that. I've swapped out batteries and the battery works fine in my phone and not in hers. So there's something in her phone that's going wrong. So I'm thinking that those, I'm sorry, I'm thinking those Nexus Nexus S things were just, uh, bum worth a penny. Yeah, they were worth a penny. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, when you look at the battery usage, you know, using the uh, system. Uh,
0: it says I mean, display. Is, it says like 75% display, but the display is not on. Hmm. Now, on my and phone, her, it routinely says 40 or 50% display, but hers is much higher.
3: That, you know, I have a couple of friends at work that, that are in the tech department but aren't necessarily techs, uh, and several of them have Droid phones, and all of them then had a battery complaint to me. It's because they've had the screen timeout set to two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes. No. A, 30 seconds. That solved it. Let's
0: yeah. See, you're and wise one in chat rooms asking about the brightness and you're not understanding. I can unplug it from the charger and never touch it. Screen's never on. It's off. Nothing's running. And four hours later, the battery went dead. Hmm. <laughs> so this isn't a usage issue at all. Sounds correct. It's there's, and it's hot. It's hot to the touch. So there's something happening. The processor is burning extra cycles. Doing now, something. I, had,
3: I actually had a droid heiress I had three of them that did that in a row. They said, This almost never happens to the same person three times in a row. <laughs> they finally gave me the droid too uh, as a replacement because the Eris was didn't. into life. But that's exactly what happened with me, Mark. I would charge it all night, take it off the charge the next morning, go to work, lay it on my desk, not even having used it that day, pick it up to make a phone call, and it would be warm. And I'd look at my battery and it'd be
0: 15%. Yeah. But you see, that uh, why is one saying the battery, but I can put my battery in her phone which lasts me all day, and it does the same thing. And then her battery in my phone, again, lasts all day.
3: Right. So, See, they, they, that was the first thing that, that Verizon did with me is Verizon gave me a new battery. Right. Went home, put it in, did the exact same thing. They said, well, it's probably the charger, and I was like, okay, I'll charge it in my car, charge it at my desk, charge it on my wife's charger. It was the phone. It was some kind of weird di- thing where it got a short and it was just discharging
2: inside the phone.
0: So I'm probably going to be in the market for two new smartphones, and <laughs> we all know how inexpensive those are.
2: Uh, yeah, you can find another penny cell.
3: Is, is it time to re-up your contract?
0: No, I've still got another year. I'm hoping they'll give me an exception because they'll usually give you an exception after 12 months, but not probably not for both of us. Right.
1: Um, well, actually, then at least one year you get a new phone.
0: Right, and in, in this case, it's got to be me because I actually use my phone, and she, you know, does Facebook and Pandora and stuff, and and she can just leave it plugged in. It's annoying, but. Uh, Hers is Hers is still functional. Mine, you can't talk. I mean, you can't actually use it as a phone. Yeah, so
3: Nightstar, Nightstar has the answer, Mark. It it's a, a plot from Apple. Yeah,
0: it's Apple. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the, they want me to go to the new new iPhone.
3: They want you to go to the iPad three
0: because that's your favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, but it's not the iPad three. It's just the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't guys I go off to for them. the weekend? What was that, Chris?
1: I was asked. You know, this was the Irish day or Irish weekend. Did any of you guys go out and enjoy the uh, Irish festivities in your area?
0: No, we don't. We had some green mashed
2: <laughs> potatoes at work on Friday.
0: My wife made green pancakes for breakfast for the kids. That was, that was it. Shamrock I pancakes. ate
2: salad like five times this week.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so We're off the salad, Seth, We're off the salad. I'm going to make you
0: hungry. My daughter was, uh, uh, Complaining that I didn't have any green on, I said I have green eyes. I have green with me everywhere I go, all day, every day. Don't try to pinch me. <laughs> Bad things will happen.
3: Yeah, the the uh, we didn't do much of a celebration this year for 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 Saint Patrick's Day. Other than a little thing at work.
0: I, I wrote a blog post about this several years ago. This this is a man who uh, is credited with bringing Christianity to Ireland, and we celebrate this by drinking green beer. Um, you know, there's something not quite right with. Um, I
1: don't. Know. I think it works, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm
0: sure a lot of people like. And it's the day when everybody says that they're that they're Irish. You know, I've got one seventy oh, yeah. fifth Irish in me, and my name Martin. is Liebowitz.
3: Not to forget. To, <laughs> not, not to forget to to our previous conversation. If you going know, to send you that droid too, just let me know.
0: Okay. Thank you.
3: It's sitting in my drawer. Will never be used again, assuming my phone doesn't get run over when I drop it in the road like I did Thursday night.
0: <laughs> well, I have my wife's backup. Um, her old, uh, phone. And, and if I have to, whew, uh, it almost pains me to say this. If I have to, I can go back to my Blackberry. Um, ouch. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so this is, I see it's my, my school SIM card. It's their number. And I just put it in my phone. I may just see if I can talk them into buying me a new phone because I've been using my phone for years now to do work stuff. So it may work. Maybe.
3: You can't hurt to try. Just let them try to call
1: you four or five times.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, said, just, I don't, I don't hello, have a cell phone. Anymore. Hello, I can't. Can you not hear me? Hello. I'm sorry. Right.
1: <laughs> it might work.
0: <laughs> um, stupid things to do while you're in a car alone. Where'd that come from?
1: That was from me. Okay.
0: I, I got from hear last
1: this. week while we were driving all over the countryside. Follow those fails, eBay. Nice one. Wise nice one. Um, how, do you guys do dumb things when you're in the car when you're just driving? to try to keep yourself awake or whatever.
3: I, I do dumb things in the car on
0: the way to work just for fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, there you because go. Because
0: once you're in the car nobody can see you. You're invisible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I beatbox right. drive
2: now, I'm texting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, no texting. No, 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 no. Anyway, now the reason I brought this up is cuz on Thursday when I was driving for my knee appointment, I was just kind of bebopping along and realizing I was doing the most stupidest things in the car. And I didn't quite realize what I was doing until I thought again, I'm like, wait a minute, there's nobody in the car with me. I'm being dumb. And it's just all sorts of fun. Like the car shuffle where you bounce between lanes just because you can. (laughs) Or, uh, we were doing, or I was doing different voices for the element OP (laughs) sign in (laughs) just because it was something I could do. And it was just like, Where'd that come from? All right. I'm, excuse me while I go beat my child.
0: Chris's son just walked in and threw something at him. That's awesome.
1: I was now, just
3: fixing that. Tell him in the, in the private chat, uh, Chris, your door is open and there's yeah. a child about to attack you, but it happened too it, quick. Get...
0: <laughs> now, when I was younger, uh, college days, uh, I was driving out to uh, New Mexico. Long, long hour, hours uh, in the wee hours of the night. We're driving overnight. And I was doing that to stay awake. I would drive like in the opposing lane. Oncoming, because out there it's nothing but desert. I could see for miles. I was the only car out there. Then I drive on the shoulder for a while, and then I, you know, and my passenger woke up at one point while I was in the wrong lane, you know, with on the incoming traffic lane. He looked at me like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I pay taxes on this road too, I, on this side too. I should be able to use both sides of the road if I want to."
3: <laughs> that so, I helped my friend Adam. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys, Mark.
0: Well, just one thing. I was I was flying along at easily 115. I was just flying past the one car on the road that I had seen in hours, and just just sucked its doors off as I went by and saw just enough to see it was a police officer. The only car I had seen in hours, it was a highway patrolman. You know what he did? He waved at me. He was like, I understand <laughs> brother. Just just go on. <laughs>
3: I'll just say I, I helped my friend Adam. I think I, I might've told some of you guys the story before Moved from long Island to to Atlanta. So I flew to Atlanta. I mean, to long Island. And he and I drove a 26 foot moving truck, you know, through the Bronx Frog's Next Bridge, you know, by Giant Stadium, whatever that thing's called. Uh What's the place called? Soldiers Sh- Soldier Field? Yeah, I don't know. One of those places where those right. teams up there in the Northeast play <laughs> football. Drove yeah. all the way around through Virginia, all the way down the East Coast, um, about 20, 20, 22 hours straight through. Well, about 4 o'clock in the morning as we're coming through South Carolina. I mean, we're doing six degrees to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I mean, nice. anything we can think of. We're like, uh, uh, uh. Um, Harvey Corman and Gary Oldman go <laughs> <You> know, <just laughs> anything we could think of, uh, to try to stay away. Cause it was at that point, it was a literal beating. Just we timed it so well that we drove into Atlanta at eight o'clock in the morning on a Friday. Nice. You know, if you know about Atlanta, it has the second worst traffic in the United States only
2: behind uh, LA. Yeah. Atlanta's pretty bad traffic.
0: Hey, I've got an idea. How about we talk about Linux? <laughs> Should we? You know, that's it, a it's novel just, concept. Since we're all here, we've
3: hey, we have got a show all. on
0: Thursday nights where we don't talk about Linux. Let's talk about <laughs> Linux
3: on the one that's called Linux. There we go.
0: So, um, <laughs> this was a, uh, a based on an article that Chris read. Uh, basically, that's what started this whole thing. But it's about how to customize Linux. And and what's interesting is, um, two or three years ago, I would have said Linux is the most customizable operating system of all of them. You can do whatever you want with it, but Lately, with the most recent releases of all the major things, that's becoming not true anymore. Uh, yeah. With with Ubuntu um, s- uh, standardizing on Unity, um, Unity's pretty locked down. There's not a whole lot you can do with. Now you can, you know, strip it out and, and run KDE or, or not run Unity. But but assuming, let's not say that is the case for this argument. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about working within the confines of what you're given on your given OS and not going so far has to completely rip out the guts and put something else in. So let's talk about how you can prettify or customize or make Linux do what you want to do. And Chris, we'll start with your conky configs articles. I don't even know what conkey is.
1: Well, in the Windows world, there's something very similar to it called Samurais or Rainmeter? Those are the two big names for this. It's It started out as when I first started looking at um, Samurais and conkey they're config files that will actually pull your CPU load or your network load or um, your temperatures on your processor. If you're an overclocker, that would be big for you to pull your temperatures. Um, But it's always kind of nice to see what's going on with your system. Um, There's also the ability to plug in like your media player, um, RSS streams. So it's right there on your desktop instead of having to open a browser or another program.
0: So these are like the Windows 7 widgets. Right, and the, uh, and the Mac gadgets.
1: Yeah, they're they're close, but these are not. Um, they're not quite as confined because if you can read the programming language, you could write your own, and it's basic English is what it basically boils down to. For you need to know what you're polling and what address you need to shoot it at, and then it gives you that information, and you can make them graphs or you know just a percentage or however you want to read that data out. In the website, which I linked to the 17 best conky configs, I found, I don't know where I found it now. I think it was a life hacker article and some of those like, are really cool.
3: It really looks a lot like Google gadgets just at a glance.
1: Yeah. The, that's, I think Google gadgets got a, their thought from this because like, uh, the samurai's configs, which a lot of these are, you know, based off of. Those Samurai's configs, those things, they, they let you see anything. You know, if you wanted to know what was the top process top four processes, and that's all you wanted, you can do that.
0: And see, here's one that I like. It's uh third or fourth one down. It gives you the um uh bandwidth statistics. And I keep a little widget running on on my desktop because I'm a geek and, and that interests me. But I like to see what what my network card is doing. Um, you know, in terms of, of internet down downloads and that sort of thing. And, and that's a, and it's a much prettier uh, way of doing it than the way I'm doing it. Um, I, I would be interested in that one. I wonder if there are w- windows equivalents to this or Mac equivalents as well.
1: Well, there's, I know for, sure. uh, for windows, there's rain meter. Um, that's the, that's the, a similar program that does the same thing. Um, they give you the, there's, I have it on my son's. So that's why I know Rainmeter really well. Um, their stock install gives you date and time, uh, your system performance, CPU, RAM, swap usage, the space in your hard drive, the network specific, you know, up and down, and then your external IP, and then your recycle bin. That That's RainMeter's stock reporting right there. That's cool.
3: Yeah, we used the Google Gadgets at my office back before we had any other kind of tool available to make a dashboard for our main server that said, uh, we actually pulled some SQL data into it as far as the number of users and bandwidth, uh, RAM, drive time, uh, drive seat time, you know, cache hit ratios and all that. And we used a, just a, a radiant, uh, in Photoshop to make a nice little dial. And it, and we played around. We actually got the, did some nice little delay in time. So the number wouldn't go, eh, 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 you know, the needle wasn't right. jumping. It would smoothly transition every 15 seconds between whatever the numbers were and it came out pretty nice. Uh, it was handy.
1: Yeah, Samurais does the same thing for Windows. You can pull an external machine too. So for Samurais, if you need to keep an eyeball on uh, if you're if you're in Windows, if you want to keep an eye on an external server, Samurai's on on in the Windows world is really nice. You gotta learn uh I have it linked. I have it. like Samurai
3: with eyes on the end of it?
1: I think so. Or is it eyes on the end of it? Let me pull up my bookmark, yeah. and I'll tell you.
0: But uh, what's what's interesting about this website, and, and of course, there'll be a link to it in the show notes. Uh, and for those of you uh, in the chat room, I'll throw it in the in the chat room right now. Um, is you can download all these configs. so it gives you a picture of what it looks like, and then gives you the config files to download it. But that's uh that's not really purifying. It That's just giving you um, uh, information. The uh, so if that's a uh, you know, if that's your thing, if you're an information geek, that's a good thing. But on, on all these pictures that you see there, they have really interesting wallpapers and interesting themes like that. So let's talk a little bit about where to get those things. Say you're, you're using Ubuntu and you're not a fan of purple. Um, what's a good way to replace <laughs> would you use something? Ubuntu, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one of my favorite places to go to, uh, like that is, um, gnome look. It's gnome dash look dot org. Um and GnomeLook.org has tons and tons of uh, themes and wallpapers and it's all free stuff. Um for uh and and you can download it for if you want GTK or uh Compiz or Barrel or you know whatever you've got running on your system. GNOME three, GNOME two, you can you can pick whatever you want there, and you get really cool um screen uh screenshots and um backgrounds and and things like that that. Just really high quality artists have put together and just put out there for free, and they're usually very, really high res if you got a large screen. So that's a good way to uh, to to do theming. You know, like um, most people are introduced to themes with Windows 95 when when that was the first option to change all your icons and your wallpapers and your sounds all in one shot. Right. And, uh, while these don't do the sounds, it does everything else. It'll change your icon set. It'll change your Windows decorations. It'll change, it'll even move like where the closed dialogue is and, and all that all in one shot. And, uh, they're managed in, in almost every system, they're managed through the, a control panel of some sort in Ubuntu, uh, that's there in the, uh, in the theme manager. And, uh, it's just, it's a really cool place to go and get. And there's a, a equivalent to it, kde org. Uh, if you're, if you're using a KDE distro. And so those are, those are just really, uh, just really pretty stuff. Like on my Linux desktop, there's a, the wallpaper is a candle with a water flame. It's a drop of water splashing up that looks like a flame. It's really oh, cool. I've seen that one. I've yeah.
1: seen that one. There's one with a lighter and then there's a pan. Yeah. There's, there's a series of those actually, Mark.
0: Yeah.
1: I use orange um, Ubuntu.
0: Which you use similar? orange Ubuntu? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of purple Ubuntu.
1: See, I also like going to DeviantArt. That's a really good site too for artwork.
0: Yeah, um, but that's that's just going to give you the background. That's not going to give you icons and all that, but it's a great place to no, go for background. It
1: does have icons there. Does it? Okay. If you, yeah, if you go looking deep enough, yeah, there's icons. There's also Konki configs there too, and Samurai's configs and Rainmeter Meter configs, so it's another place to go. It's another repository for um, not just these information meters that you can get, but also but great wallpapers, great Icons um, I, I think all of my systems are using an icon from there for Firefox, okay so
0: and uh, when I was just digging around and I, I can't say anything about this I don't know anything about it other than that it exists and I found it uh, I'm not using unity I don't it just it's not working for me so when I put an Ubuntu thing, I go back to the regular gnome, but uh, there's a, something called my unity that will help you customize. Uh, and tweak the Unity interface. Now, Unity is pretty limited. It's not going to, um, to give you a lot of capacity, but it'll let you change some icons and let you add some functionality. Uh, but it's a, it's a neat little, it reminds me of the old Windows Tweak UI app, um, uh, that, uh, oh, yeah. lets you, lets you just sort of add, um, menu items and things like that in a simple, non-threatening way. It'd be good for, for Unity users, for, for the, uh, um, I don't want to say simple the for the non technical user who Non-powered. who doesn't really want to dig into the guts, but just wants to tweak a few things. Uh, well, and I'll put a link to that in the show as well.
3: If you're not a power user, does that mean you're a wimpy user or what's the what's the appropriate <laughs> You're
1: just a user. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, sometimes uh yeah. system admins uh, treat user as a as a as like a bad word. You know, I've yeah. actually heard somebody, you you're such a user. I am not, take that back.
3: <laughs> My friend Bob and I made up our own derogatory word for people if they're being idiots. And, you know, we there's all there's there's lots of words out there to call somebody a jerk, an idiot, you know. But we came up with our own. We call people turkey basters.
0: Turkey basters.
3: Okay. Yeah. He's, he's being such a turkey baster. Don't but, know why, but we just like the, the way it rolls off the tongue.
0: But never forget, <laughs> Tron fights for the users. So it's That's not right. such a bad thing to be a user.
3: Uh, Bob <laughs> came in to work one day and I printed out a full-color picture of a turkey baster. <laughs> Flipped it to his cube. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> Butler, I know who did this." And I was like,
1: "How'd you know?" <laughs> you turkey That's master. awesome. <laughs> see now, it, it, to to change it a little bit, you know, because Ubuntu is trying to add something called HUD now to change even more to the Unity interface. Did you guys see my link about that from YouTube? Right, HUD is
0: is, the- is sort of like GNOME Do, but not.
1: Right, and it's taking over for that system bar at the top now.
0: Oh, wow. That's that's bad news. Uh, uh, wise one in the chat room says there are no bacon themes on the uh, oh, my um, word. GnomeLook.org.
2: That's <gasps> just Gnome wrong. GnomeLook is going down.
0: Yeah, they're, they're dead to me now. I can no longer. <laughs> I take back that recommendation if there are no bacon themes.
1: Oh, you know, Wise one, you could go make one. Th- then there would be okay again.
0: Could you imagine looking at succulent, crispy, fried bacon on your monitor all day? You would do nothing but eat all day long. Like, well, I don't know why, but spreadsheets make me hungry now. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Well, just
3: for fun, I just googled Linux bacon themes, <laughs> and the the second one is the guy is it's a guy's website. His name is John O. Bacon. John O. Bacon, yeah. No, it's yeah. John O. Bacon. I know, but it looks like John O. Bacon. Yeah. Which is really funny. I wish it was really was John O'Bacon. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about him. I'm assuming he's somebody that knows something about something about Linux. He's got books and stuff. Apparently,
0: he's the uh, community manager manager for uh, the Ubuntu project. Oh, yep. and also, if I were host. meeting. I'm going to
3: call him Mister O'Bacon.
0: Mister O'Bacon.
3: Yeah. I'm sure he's never heard that before. Yeah, probably not. Okay, so Chris, go I, ahead. I, with I was HUD. never called Butthead in kindergarten either.
1: Well, basically, it's just an, an add on. Well, I can't even say add-on truthfully. It's a rewriting of the system bar at the top. So instead of like I'm just trying to think how to describe it because it it's on half of my thought it's like, you know, that's a really cool idea. And then the other half of me says, "Oh my god, this scares the living crap out of me." Because you can't drill down to menus anymore. You right. have to like say, "I want to bold this." You highlight and type in bold and then that actually gives you the 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 option to bold,
0: yeah. It's basically they're trying to take away the concept of menus in entirely. Yeah, so yep. you you just type in what you want to do, like uh, download a podcast, and it'll give you the options of of the things that you have on your system that can download a podcast. And so you and and like if you're in, um, you know, uh, Word, not Word, uh, in Open Office, and you want to. Uh, make something italics, instead of going to the format button, you actually type in the word italics and it finds it for you. Yep. I'm, I'm not like buying it.
3: Your Honor, I'd like to request a sidebar.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Is it a bacon bar? Where does bar?
3: the phrase living crap come from? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that phrase. i probably even used it myself, but when Chris said it just now, it just struck me as quite strange. It scared the living crap out of me. Not the dead crap, not just the generic crap, but the living crap. <laughs>
1: okay. Could that be Mr. Hankey? from South Park, would he be considered Oh, he did, crowd? Not. <laughs> welcome back, did not
0: Welcome back Seth, welcome back
1: You
2: know you hey, missed Seth, us Don't forget man. you're
3: actually on the show right now You can talk Yes, Jump in there You have to be able to add something more useful than what I'm adding
0: <laughs> Aaron, d- You gotta admit, Aaron puts a pretty low, sets a pretty low bar there
3: I do, I try to, I want everybody to feel like they can participate
2: <laughs> So well, I just Go ahead. No, no. no I was, just, I was just gonna say I got my uh Ubuntu updated uh and so I'm about to reboot and see what all the awesome changes did to my little netbook.
0: <laughs> well that that's a good thing to do live while you're doing a show. You know, go ahead and well, it's on my list.
2: other machine. You <laughs> yeah. know, I thought it would be germane to the conversation to see what would happen to it. So
0: What about Tito? Why is it just germane?
2: <laughs> because Tito is dead to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, there's a title for this show. Every day Linux number forty four. Tito is dead to me. <laughs> Tito, <O'> bacon. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you so, gotta have that bacon in there.
0: So, uh, what the, what we're talking about here uh, brings up sort of a philosophical question. This is not a technical question, but I think it's 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 one that that OS designers are struggling with right now. Is um, is it okay? Is it should we even have the right to expect to customize? our interface um you can't customize the ipad short of you know putting up a wallpaper or whatever you can't customize uh you know a windows 8 thing they're 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 really uh, locking down on that unity is is difficult to customize everybody wants to treat modern computing as as an appliance so a pc a desktop machine is like a hobbyist that's the that's the guy who wants to build boats in a in a jar um that they're—that's the way the 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 big computer and OS manufacturers are looking at it right now. That we're going to sell appliances, and the hobbyists will have computers. You know, and that's they're banding around the phrase "uh, uh post PC era" that uh, the the average user won't use PCs anymore. I haven't been an average user for a long time. I don't know that I can speak for them or about them, but I think that everybody likes to, to make things feel like their own. They like to customize things, but but uh, designers are making it harder and harder and harder to do every year.
1: Yeah. It, I think I it's don't, a bad thing. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I think, you know, part of it is just the overreaction to security. Well, I'm not give them the ability to do anything, but also if you look at it, what makes them more money to sell a desktop or to sell an iPad? Yeah. They're going to make a lot more money off of the tablet than off of the, desktop computer so of course they're going to push
0: it yeah i think they want computing to be consumable that you buy something you keep it for a couple years you chuck it um and so they don't want something that's upgradable they don't want something that's expandable they don't want something that's adaptive in any way i mean uh, adaptive and apple are almost antithetical 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 to one another Uh, Apple, apple doesn't want things to be adaptive they want them to be one way and if you want another way you go buy another product
1: yep which is horrible right. because that's the whole point when i first started tinkering with stuff i was tinkering because i wanted to change the look of some of the icons i mean in the way things were placed on the desktop i even went so far that when when i had a, a windows machine and a linux machine side by side i would actually replace the windows explorer app with a uh, with a, a a file, a different file manager, even, um, directory, directory Optus, I think is the name of the one I was using and it would totally replace explorer.exe. So I was really tearing apart windows XP to do all this, but it was either that or, you know, cause when Linux is so easy to customize. It was just a fool's errand there.
0: Right. And I think that that customization and, you know, uh, um, extensibility and the tinkerability is what draws people to Linux. And now yeah. now that the major oh, uh, creators of, of distributions are trying to take that away, it kind of makes you ask the question, why should anyone care about Linux?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and unfortunately, most people don't want to tinker with stuff. I mean, how many people at home had a flashing 12 or had the flashing 12 when they had a VCR? You know I'm not gonna I just want to play this tape. I don't care what time it says it is um you know, and unfortunately, that's a lot of people. they want to look like everybody else's stuff.
0: I, I went to a friend of mine's house. I'm not kidding. there was literally a piece of electrical tape over the clock so that <laughs> they couldn't see it blinking. That that's was funny. their solution to it
3: well wow. the thing that struck out to me about Chris's statement earlier was when he said it's fool's errand I thought you i thought he ended his whole statement with. And and you're a fool, Aaron, for trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> i was like, I haven't been trying to do it, Chris. I haven't been trying to
0: customize it at all.
1: I well, you movie. should be.
0: <laughs> so I, I wonder, you know, is this a phase, and is 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 the, are the neck beards going to take back their their OOS? Neckbeards um, unite. Or is that is it really the way? Are we so marginalized? As you know, Shuttleworth thinks we're marginalized. Are we really? And we just don't know it. I know on this network, um, this show is one of the biggest shows. So among our listeners, Linux users are certainly not marginalized. But, you know, Microsoft has certainly thought we were marginalized forever. Um, Apple has never cared about Linux users. And now it seems that even Linux creators aren't really interested in the core tenets of Linux anymore.
1: Well, when it comes to like GNOME 3, with that new – the new interface with GNOME 3, KDE4 did the same thing. They they stripped out all the customizing to start with. Once they got the base stable, then they started adding the ability to customize again. So I wonder if that's where we're at right now is that we're at that base. You know, where we're trying to build that solid foundation for the customizing to go on top of it. Well, and also part
2: of it is look at all the freaking Linux distributions. When, uh, it came out with Unity, then it's like the next day there's the Kbuntu and then there's, you know, Ubuntu. And so rather than developers concentrating on a core product to make it good, let's take part of that and let's take some of the developers away from that and put them over here. And so we marginalize ourselves because there's probably as many Linux distributions. As there are people who actually have Linux on their computers.
0: Well, that's true, and that's an argument we've made on this show before that uh, the the neckbeards and unity don't really go together. They they sort of pride themselves on being different, and then when there are enough people are like them, they're not different anymore. So they have to go be different again.
1: Yeah,
3: they're the uh, emo goth people of the computer
0: world. <laughs> <laughs> I once had a conversation with a girl wearing, you know, like a skull ring in her nose or whatever. And, and I asked her, I said, why do, you, why do you dress like that? She said, I like to be different. I said, well, where did you get that? She said, at a boutique in Deep Ellum, which is a, a community in South Dallas. And I said, you're so different that somebody makes a living having a store that sells only stuff like that to you. Think about that for just a minute.
3: Yeah, I saw a show about gangs, how gangs were spreading across the United States. And they were talking to these gangster kids in Ohio. They're like, I hey, mean, we're going to bust a cap in your here, blah, 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 blah. You know, they're in Ohio. Wow. Right. But they're not influenced by the West Coast or East Coast yeah. at all. You know, this is their own no. thing they're doing. No.
0: No. Yeah. We're the Wilmington Heights Marauders word. <laughs>
3: and this bird belongs we're to, it, we're to corn, us. We're cornrow
0: killers, homie. Yeah. We'll
3: pop a potato. We
0: own head. this cul-de-sac. Don't you dare come on our turf.
1: <laughs> uh, that sounds like every Linux distro right there. You're probably so, right. Somebody got upset and took their ball and went home.
2: Yep.
3: Well, I was one in the chat room to keep us on track, says if you had to pick between Unity or, or Windows 8, he'd have to pick Unity. I'd hey. pick an iPad.
0: <laughs> I need to I, I am derelict in my geek duties. I have not downloaded Windows 8 yet and played with it because I'm I'm entirely not interested. It's Windows seven made to work on a tablet. And if you're not using it on a tablet, you take away all the Windows, the tabletness, and it's Windows 7 again.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, Microsoft wants it to be a tablet world. Right. Apple wants it to be a tablet world. Uh, everybody wants it to be a tablet world, so go with what you have.
1: But have you guys tried to type on one of these tablets? It's a pain in the butt.
3: It's, yeah, it's useless. <laughs> I was reading a friend of mine. He gave me a stack of his Wired magazines. And I was reading an article from like March of 2010 talking about the iPad and and it was, this thing's going to be awesome and it'll be doing this and it'll be doing that and everybody will be doing this and And about four pages of that. And I was thinking about you the whole time, Mark. And then the fourth page, it says, but if you really want to do any work on it, you have to carry around a keyboard. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So they sell you more money for a device that doesn't have a keyboard then they sell you a case that has a keyboard in it. It's really awesome marketing for them. You want They want you to want this device that can't do anything, and then they want to sell you all these peripherals to make it yeah. be able to do anything. Yeah, you talk you to won't. any
0: anybody who's using iPads or, or tablets of any kind, but most of them aren't using Android tablets. They're using iPads. You talk to any of those guys who are using it in, in a school setting or a productivity type setting, and they'll say, "What's your best app?" And it's something like and Rescue. So the, you, you know, so its best trick is connecting to a real computer.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, or know, their yeah, Bluetooth it, keyboard, right, that's, right? I've heard that. Yeah, that's like a lot of people. that their best app is their Bluetooth keyboard, so they can use their tablet like a computer.
0: Yeah, and so, so you you pay you pay more than you would for a computer that comes with a, a keyboard then you buy a keyboard and then you buy a case to hold your keyboard and your device that costs more than a laptop that has a keyboard. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think and, I said this other night on free, like table Mark, um, one, one, a kid on Facebook that I know posted and said, I'm thinking about getting an iPad. And I said, why don't you get three laptops instead? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You know, I yeah, honestly, truth.
0: I think Gates was right on with his tablet PC. It's a laptop that flips around oh, yeah, and you work awesome. on the screen. I think that is the form factor, but everybody gave up on that. And I think if you put, you know, the modern that you do that system with the capacitive touch screen and you really do have the best of both worlds. Well, the problem
3: back then, back then was they were so heavy, right? Laptops in general were so heavy when those were in Vogue that it was hard to use it as a tablet because when you're holding it, you know, by the side, like you hold a tablet to write with the stylus or use your hand, your other hand, like if you're standing, It was awkward. You know, it was not somebody like me or you, Mark or Seth, that has the, you know, the gams the size of, uh, uh, you know, Andre the Giant's head can hold the laptop thing. But we actually had some of those where I worked in Texas. And the girls that were trying to use them would just have to cradle them like a baby. Right. And then it became awkward. But now, you know, the newest Dell laptop they're advertising is what, three-eighths of an inch thick It's on the commercials or whatever it is where they they have the the, uh, steward on the plane passing them out.
0: Now yep. the, the last three laptops I had before this one that I'm using right now were all tablet PCs. I believed in that form factor and the and the the stylus what what they need to figure out is how to make it both a touchscreen and when you when you pick up a stylus the touch is disabled so that you can use the stylus because you if you've ever tried to write on an iPad with a stylus you lay your palm uh lay, lay the the side of your hand on the tablet which is what's comfortable and that's where you're writing or doing things and, and the stylus yeah. isn't doing anything anymore so you got to you got to figure that out and i think it's the the galaxy note i think it figures that out when you plug in the stylus uh it does that but if you can figure out a way to make the stylus work as well as it did back on the p- tablet pc days with the handwriting recognition i mean in, in windows um tablet edition that was awesome uh, that was uh uh the handwriting recognition was just gorgeous and, and nobody's uh, ever come close to it yet.
3: We have several physicians that actually use the Toughbook still to this day, the new right. one, like the T8 or T9. And they love them. They're, that's what they're used to. It has the little strap on the bottom where you put your hand under the bottom of it so they can, you know, hold it up. They
2: just flip it open and they can write with
3: their hand. But right
0: it was, hand. you know, $3,000. So, you know, yeah, there's the problem there. If
2: I could get the Classmate PC tablet, but like with a 10 or 11 inch screen, this is like the perfect iteration of a tablet slice. Seth netbook. is still
0: flogging his seven-year-old uh, classmate uh, <laughs> ultra-mobile Dude, it,
2: PC. It's the, best, it's the best netbook ever designed and released. As
3: long as it can run Orange Boom 2, I'll use it.
2: <laughs> I've got Unity 11.10. Uh, so it came up after the reboot, and it did not blow up. So, so
0: I, I think, here's my prediction, all right? March 18, 2012. Somebody come back and, and, mm-hmm. and call me up on this. Uh, in, say, five years, I think we're going to look back on tablets and say that they they have a place, they are useful, but they are not the go-to computing device that people seem to think they're going to be. The people are still going to want a desktop computer or a laptop computer with a full keyboard and a real processor, and that the touch interface is just, you know, everybody seems to want that touch interface, or worse yet, the gesture interface, you know, the, the uh, minority report thing, because we yeah. all saw that movie and thought that was really cool, but do you really want to have tennis elbow because you're uh, working at your computer all day? I don't think so. I think people <laughs> want a keyboard. You think this is just
2: hey, everybody wants I do. Oh, I think sorry. it's
3: a,
0: until voice
3: recognition comes into full, full more and okay. where you can actually literally say, you know, anything but drawing. You know, yeah. Voice work, recognition will never be
0: your primary interface. It, it's nope. go, it may well. Let me take that back. It may be your primary interface, but it will never be your primary data input device. Because if you're, you know, working in a data center, and and you got people talking on the phone and talking to their computer, I mean, you want to be able to type while you're talking to somebody on the phone. Every tech support has ever done that. Everybody who's ever worked in a well, call center where things are ordered has done that.
3: I think in those situations, I think you're right. But if you if you're not in that situation, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Because like our, we have lots of physicians that use Dragon right now and love right. it um, for that for the very reason that they can they can go so much faster than they can type because they've never really learned to type well and they can say a patient presents with hypomegalia blah 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 yeah see it's gonna
0: it's gonna take something like Watson you know that computer that beat the the Jeopardy champions who can understand natural language and process that before that can happen I need to be able to say to my computer show me every bird native to Texas with red feathers and and I'll compare it to this one that I saw at the window so I'll know what it is you know, you can never do that with Google, uh, at least not right now. So there's going to have to be a lot more natural language before that becomes the primary interface. But I still think people are going to want, even in Star Trek, you know, they still tapped on that little console in front of them an awful lot. Yep. Yeah. computer,
2: But it was a touch screen.
0: It was a touch screen. That's right. Um,
1: if a touch be, screen can give you a tactile feedback, it'd be a lot better.
0: I agree with that completely. Although don't my don't phone touch. does the haptic feedback and that annoys me. I turn it off. I'll turn it off, too.
1: Well, me,
3: since we're since
0: we're already going down this tangent,
3: and I don't see a lot more things in the show notes, um, what about the new phone that's being touted now? of, It's bigger than a phone, smaller than a tablet. It's the five inch the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I've heard the commercials yeah. for it. Yeah, it's like it's it's the it's the phone for the for the eight foot tall guy. You know, right. uh, for, I saw it. Goes, it's, the, it's the phone for the Navi. That's what they were saying.
1: <laughs> because everyone looks good talking to a, you know. An Amazon Fire up to their head. It's yeah. the
0: James Cameron version. <laughs> you were saying, Seth?
1: I said
2: I saw somebody using a streak, um, and I loved it because I was like, I was like, can I can I hold it for a second? And I put it like phone fits me and uh you know it's not like some little iphone that i'm like back and forth on but it like it was like holding a phone and it was big enough that my finger takes up half of an ipad screen so it's not so good when you're trying to play games that are time physical
0: interface has always been tricky i mean i remember back in the late 90s early 2000s where my phone cell phones before smartphones got too small and and they weren't functional um, you know, and everybody was the race to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you had this thing with, you had to like stretch it out to be able to get to the keyboard because it was so small and it was like collapsible. Um, and so there's, there's always been that issue with the human interface.
3: Well, and when the first, uh, bag phones went away and the people actually started getting, you know, pocket phones right. regularly, I had a, I still had a pager. I didn't have actually have a cell phone. I had a regular pager, but I put it on a ringtone type sound and had it in my pocket and I was in a, a meeting and it went off. And I pulled it out and put it up to my ear and said, hello, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And it was about the size of a cigarette lighter. Everybody was like, oh, man, that thing's so tiny. What do you do?" Yeah. <laughs> Carried on a whole fake conversation with our secretary and then put the <laughs> picture back in my pocket. That's funny.
0: <laughs> you know, now you can buy a corded handset that's a Bluetooth thing to plug into your smartphone because they're retro now. And so this this thing with an earpiece and a big line and then a mouthpiece <laughs> and a cord that goes and plugs into your phone.
2: Um, I show my niece that. She goes, "What is that?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that the Bluetooth earpieces are not quite as in invo- I mean, I
3: understand there's people that need them, like Mark, you wear one, don't you? At work?
0: Um, the, the yeah. Bluetooth earpiece, yeah. yeah I wear but, Bluetooth pretty much all the time.
3: The guy yeah, that that that's uh I don't know, let's say he's um he's a car salesman and he's got his Bluetooth in- Bluetooth in ways out on the lot. Why? Why do you need that? You're not going to answer it. You're trying
0: to sell a car to somebody. But you look cool, you know. Well, but they're so lightweight, I literally forget I have mine in. And I think that's what happens. And and people say, you know, you look really douchey with that thing around. No, you don't. People are getting used to that now. And I don't think anybody thinks think, about I it. I
3: think actually they peaked about a year and a half, two years ago. And now it's on the decline. I don't see near as many of them anymore, personally.
1: Well, it depends on what they're being used for. for like, mine is in my head all the time. And I forget that it's in because it's so small. Right. I, have I got the- this itty bitty one.
0: I have the jaw the the Jabra, no, no the jawbone headset um and it's very light it fits in the ear uh it doesn't have any blinky lights on it or anything and I forget like I'm what's that
3: you don't look like lobot from right from cloud city
0: you know, I've seen some of those that are super bright with like super bright LEDs on purpose, you know, and I had one of my yep. first ones I had was it like that. Douchebag. Douche yeah. <laughs> I-, I couldn't use it driving down the street at night because it'd be like blinding me in the you. mirror. It's like flash. It's like every three seconds, like, oh my gosh, that hurts. Um, but yeah, I think that I think people are becoming more cyborgish, and we're accepting that. And and the Google goggles, you know, if those things come out of hoaxdom and become the real thing, where you got the glasses with the head-up display, dude, I'm gonna buy one of those. I don't care how much they cost. I will sell my, my left kidney. kidney for a set of those. Not my right. Well,
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, we were talking about Bluetooth, so I thought I'd point out that this thing was probably the coolest Bluetooth thing I ever picked up in my life. And it's yeah, stereo.
0: The, it goes around the, the head.
1: Yeah, it goes around the back, but it's stereo. Earpiece and it, and it also, um, when it detects a call on the phone, it uh, will automatically switch to mono and turn on the mic. Yeah.
0: My, my cohort on the Taiwan Tech, Sean, has one of those and he loves it, except the sound, the mic on it is crappy. When I call him, I'm always like, take that off. I can't understand a word you're saying. Yeah, but you sound great to me. I don't know what's the problem. Problem is the mic is at the back of your head and it costs three cents. No, take that off. I'm not talking to you while you wear that.
1: (laughs) i didn't say i use it for the phone part i just said it has the ability (laughs) to that you know for for being bluetooth which kind of kills music in general uh it still has pretty good response i was really surprised
0: okay i think we have chased that rabbit into the hole and now fallen down and took the blue (laughs) pill and you know we're, we're we're already done there so um um Let's move on to our tips of the week and we actually have two tips of the week for the first time in months. Aww. So uh Chris let's begin with your command line
1: tip of the week. Well this one's kind of a double-edged sword a double it's a double dose of the same pro- thing. Uh the first one is meminfo and then the other one is free. They do basically the same thing. It's just one is a quick look at your at what how much uh, system ram you have left. You know, it'll tell you a general information about it. And then mem info tells you a ton of stuff about it. What program is using how much and how many times does it reach the page file? And there, there, it's a double edged It's a double dip pro command line. So it depends on which, whatever you're trying to get out of it, use either one, either free or mem info.
0: Yeah. I like free because it tells you. Not only the amount of RAM you've got free, but also the, the amount of disk space you've got free, and you get all that at a quick glance. Mem info for me is a little overload, but for yeah. Aaron, being the stats guy that he is, he could get lost for days. And let me build a SQL query that pulls the memo info out of the the cat file, and let's we'll categorize that, and I'll have a little graphic here, and it'll be a bar graph that updates every eight seconds.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I let <laughs> it run like perfect. A, I have it run like a uh, EQ at the bottom of my screen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, It's the same basic. The the programs are equally useful, but they're for different purposes. But they do basically the same thing,
3: like a knife and a gun.
1: There you go. (laughs) Okay, either one just as dead. Maybe a sword and a knife. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, Seth, save us. What is our end user tip of the week?
2: Well, first, I have some breaking news for you. Uh, Stephen Hawking is going to be on the big bang theory has a guest star on April 5th. Wow.
0: I knew that. I knew that.
2: So, uh, I, I just found out like five minutes ago.
0: So yeah, just a, a quick thing about Stephen Hawking. He was, he did a Ted talk a few years ago. Somebody asked him a question. It took him like 11 minutes to type out the answer. Cause he, all he can do is like move his cheek. So if he's going to program a script and, and, a, and a reasonable scene for that show, that means he's a real fan of that show.
2: Yeah. yeah, he was on The Next Generation.
0: Right, I think uh, twice. A
3: long time ago. Yeah. There's a new sci fi show out that he's the uh, narrator for. Like the intro is right. Stephen Hawking's sci fi. It's a bunch of, you know, it's a, it's a serial. Not a serial. That's not the right word. It's a series of, uh, the, my brain is not functioning on what this word is. Every week, it's a show and they're standalone, written by different sci fi authors, directed by different people. And uh, he he does the intro. In the future, will people be controlled by their robots? Like that. It's pretty interesting. Um, mm. It's a pretty cool show, too. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll look it up real quick while we're finishing up here.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting back to the show and my tip of the week, I came across this, and it's called BioLite. It is kind of cool. It is a camp stove. That you can, uh you can buy and you can burn wood in it and at the same time it has a USB port for power so if you're camping and <laughs> you want to, I mean you know if you go to the site it talks about how um, you know some uh, such a large percentage of the world cooks over an open fire and how like 75 percent of uh, wood that's cut down is actually used for fuel and so they came up with this cool thing it makes um, it has an electric motor that like pushes air on the fire so it burns more efficient. Uh, and it uses the heat from the fire to, to get that motor going and the leftover energy from that goes to a USB port that you could charge like an MP3 player or whatever or have like a awesome. USB light to plug into it. They currently have a camp stove for sale and they want to get up to the point to where they can offer a home stove but it's one of those they're going to use the funds from the sale of the camp stove to develop the home stove so it's one of those it you're kind of helping the environment but you're also getting a neat little gadget or so if, you know,
0: you're if, you out, got if you're out of, camping and you want your ipad to charge up so that you can watch netflix over lte while you're camping this is the thing for you
2: or, or if you saved all of your, um, let's say you saved up a month's worth of everyday Linux podcasts you wanted to listen to on your weekend outdoors, you could use this to keep your, uh, I, your podcast player of choice charged while you were doing it.
3: Or like me, if you want to, if you go camping and you want your phone to not be dead when you go back, but you don't want to turn it off while you're out there in case you, somebody needs to call you because your son has set the house on fire. Um,
0: <laughs> but then you could use the fire to charge the phone, so that'd
3: be perfect. Yeah, yeah I guess that would. Be, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, you know,
2: it, 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 I just and think, think run it, was a, flat, it was. You a can, cool run a, thing. can
3: run a light with it too, which would be nice. Yeah,
2: um, it was a cool thing I uh, wanted to, and it, it actually has like on the top. It's like a burner size thing, so you could set something on it and actually cook with it. So you know, it's not designed. It's designed to be utilitarian, to be used. And uh, it's just, if you're going to be burning anyway, you know, then this is a way to charge your device without draining your car battery down or anything like that. Um, I thought it was a really interesting thing, and um, I don't remember how much it was off the top of my head, but it wasn't like one of those super expensive. It's $130, and it's going to be shipping for camping season this year. So that's yeah, uh, not terribly
0: expensive. Why is one in the chat room says that sounds familiar? uh you did another thing that was like a solar powered usb charger thing as i recall yeah and that was
2: super out. expensive right uh right. that was like you know sell your first and second child this is uh maybe a finger you know it's much you more buy that reasonable.
3: or you could buy two car batteries and a and a converter yeah
2: <laughs> you can buy a car or this battery
0: Yeah, uh, i don't know if i've ever mentioned that but uh at my school where i work i took uh a, a large powered UPS ripped out the little six volt battery that was in it and, uh, or 12 volt battery and daisy chained a bunch of deep cycle marine batteries. And that's running one of the, the racks, the, the main rack that has our, our, our net based phone system and, and a bunch of switches. And that thing, I ran a couple of tests on it and I estimated it would run for days, uh, on that thing because I mean, it's inside that thing. It's just a 12 volt battery. So the only difference between that and a, and a, a car battery. Uh, or a boat battery, which I used, is just how long it'll run. So I chained, I think, three of them. Seth, you remember that? They were all sitting up on a on a shelf. They were all yeah. chained together in in a uh, uh, parallel. And uh, yeah, yeah, it'll run for days, so, long time. Yeah. There's a there's a quick tip for you.
2: Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, if you've got like a a kind of a large yard and some trees fall down and, and you know sit Cutting all the stuff up and throwing it away, you know, where they charge you money to haul it off, burn it in here, and uh, it burns more. It burns the wood more efficient, and so it produces less harmful stuff for the environment. So, I, I don't really, I'm not a tree hugging nature or nature worshiper kind of guy, but if a cool product can help the environment, I'm all for it. So,
0: wise well, one in the chat room recommends uh, charging your Android by burning iPads, and you're helping great uh, helping Android. the environment all the way around.
1: <laughs> I like that idea a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay. I think I'm going to end this this bucky wreck for in favor of the Amish um, <laughs> of a show and just say when we're going to call it right now. So, uh, guys, just a quick round the horn. Tell people where they can go to find you and more about you. Uh, start with you, Aaron.
3: Well, if you've already found this show, then go back to elementopi.com and look for the a podcast called One Meal, One Workout. Click on that and begin your journey. To health and fitness. All right, Christopher.
1: Uh, well, obviously at Element OP. Uh, I'm also on the Google Plus and the Twitters. So Twitter would be Chris N, and then Google Plus is just, I think, Chris Neves on there. So, how did you search me to get on-
3: Chris N on Twitter? That's pretty amazing.
1: I was really early in the party. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I, I'm, I'm www.twitter.com forward slash John. <laughs> yes. uh, Seth,
0: what
1: about I could you? have had Chris. I could have, but I figured it would be confusing for everybody else, so I just took Chris N.
0: Alright, Seth? Uh,
2: Seth underscore Anderson at Twitter, so at Seth underscore Anderson.
0: Alright. And uh, as these guys have mentioned several times before, ElementOP.com is the home base of this podcast and other great podcasts like <laughs> it. Only not quite like it, but they're out there. Their so podcast. check it out. ElementOP.com. Listen to our podcast. In fact, if you're listening live, we have another one going to be recorded here in about 45 minutes. And it's a podcast about podcasting called The Art of Podcasting. You see how many times I can say podcasting in a 30-second time frame? Uh, podcasting! So go there. Check it out. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, elementOP.com. Uh, or, Twitter, or twitter.com slash opie facebook.com slash but frankly we don't put much on there go to the website check out the forums get active in the forums and uh, that's where you can talk to us and where we'll talk to you so check us out there and for now that ends this episode of Everyday life.